Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Podcast. This is Camp Slash Horrorcast Horror Highlights. Nope. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And just a reminder, Camp Slash Horrorcast is a weekly live videocast available on Twitch and YouTube. We go live every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv backslash wearepodcastnetwork and youtube.com backslash wearepodcastnetwork. As the Camp Slash Horrorcast is live, I will not be editing the audio for this podcast. So what you saw live is what you get here. Please come watch the stream every Monday at 8 p.m. And if you want to see the previous streams, go check out our Twitch or YouTube channel. And for a full list of future films we'll be watching, please head over to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash wearepodcast. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the Horror Cast. Hey everybody, welcome to Camp Slash Horrorcast, where we talk horror movies from the past every Monday at 8 p.m. Central. This is not Monday, this is Tuesday at 8-ish p.m. Central, uh, because we're going to do horror highlights. That's when we talk about movies that recently came out that caught our attention, and today we're going to talk about Nope. So I'm your head camp counselor, Duck. I'm here with other head camp counselors. We have David. What if it's not a ship? Jessup. David, how are you feeling today, sir? I am feeling great. Fuck yes, everything's going well. He is animating at work. It is going great. And finally, we got Alex. It will he was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater, Routen. Is that right? Routen, Routen. How do you say Routen. you like Routen? Got it right. I like, I like Rotten better, dude. Rot- Ooh, Alex Rotten. Alex, yeah. That's fucking badass, dude. That would be yeah, that's yeah. a punk band. So you yep. catch us live. That would be awesome. All right, guys, we watched Nope release date July 22nd, 2022 with a running time of 131 minutes, budget 68 million, box out office as of today is 49.1 million. Synopsis, after random objects falling from the sky result in the death of their father, ranch-owning siblings OJ and Emerald Haywood attempt to capture video evidence of an unidentified flying object with the help of the tech salesman Angel Torres and documentarian Antlers Holst. Guys, history with it. We saw it in theaters, evidently. Um, my history, I was supposed to get free tickets for my friend, but she kind of ghosted me through text message. I ended up finding out later her phone broke and she couldn't get my text messages. Why I didn't get early screening tickets. So I went to see it on Friday at 1130 in the morning at the Alamo Draft House, which is a way to see a movie. And it was dope. I think Alex said it. Nope is dope. So it was mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Um, Alex, what's your history? When did you go see it? So I was totally so down to go see it with you. I was just like, I was just finishing up at the gym and I, I, I'm sorry you had to go see that alone. But my wife and I saw it the very next morning, I believe, or the, the, the morning, uh, the, the Sunday morning. I can't remember, but it was so good. I uh, watched the first trailer and I've started recently not watching trailers for anything that I find interesting. That's a because, good idea. Yeah, trailer, it, man. five minutes long the whole story but i watched the first trailer it spoiled nothing it just gave a couple glimpses i heard it was like an alien thing and i left it at that apparently the second trailer spoils a ton of crazy shit that happens in this movie and it's such a shame because all of that stuff was a complete surprise to me when i when i was watching the movie i was like i had like the wojack soy face on my you know like like, like on my face when I was watching some of this shit. Like I had such a good time. All right. We're going to have to watch talking over Alex because every time we talk, it cuts him oh, off for sorry. about half a second. So 
we'll just be careful about that. If uh, my head working, it wouldn't be happening. Sorry about that. It's all right. I was just putting it out there because we're going to get excited and talk over each other. It happens. Nah, David, how about you? Boy. What's that? No, like three of us today, big boy. I know, but it's still at the same time. The audio is going to be funky. All right, David, uh, did you go see it with Lindsay then? When did you all see it? Yeah, we saw it uh, Sunday evening around uh, 7.30. And it was cool, man, because at the end, people people clapped. doesn't happen a lot in movies. Yeah. Uh, I, that happened in, um, what was it? Maverick. People clapped after Maverick. And it's it's one of those movies, dude, where it's like, uh, I was telling a friend at work, I was like, dude, this is... This is a go see in the in the movie theater movie. Absolutely, just, I just like Maverick, you 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 go see it. It's made for the movie. The sound design, the the noises, the the monster makes, uh, it are so good, and it only works in the theater, man. You got to see and and the vastness of the of the desert of the of the the Southern California landscape is so vast. And the, the 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 guys that are waving up and down, the color scheme is so beautiful, and the shots are so massive that you have to see it in the theater. And the creature is so massive, especially at the end. You have to see that in the theater. It's not going to have the same effect on the screen. Yeah. Enjoying this episode? Go check out Geekster, a dating and friends app for geeks that focuses on common interests as a way to make meaningful connections. Download today on the App Store or click the link in the description to find out more. Geekster, this is what happens when nerds collide. Geekster, available on iOS and Android. This movie's about spectacle. It's about mm -hmm. those old-timey movies. I think it steals a lot from Jaws, but he says his inspirations were things like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jurassic Park, the Wizard of Oz, these spectacle films, and he wanted to make something that had to be seen on the big screen. And that's what I've been saying to everyone. I've been saying the movie's good. It's not great. And I think there's a reason behind that we'll get into later. But it is something you want to see in the big screen because it's unlike anything you've ever seen, especially when you get to that third act and you get to what the creature actually is. It changes the game. Alex, you kind of had a little bit of insight into the creature. What was your insight again? You said it's kind of anime related. Yeah, yeah, this movie is a horror movie for anime fans through and through. I mean, there are some shots, I'm sure they've been like screenshotted and shared all over Twitter. I think Jordan Peele shared one where one of the shots was like straight out of Akira. Or yeah, Akira. the, sh the, the shot where she she slides the bike and she yeah. stops on the other side of the creature. So That's straight I'm from Akira. One of the biggest inspirations for this, though, was Evangelion, Neon Genesis. Uh, I, the, the, the creature, I mean, are we in spoilers now? Can I just spoil this? Spoil away, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, the spoil. creature at the end, the, the ship is an entire creature that morphs into this big umbrella wedding dress looking thing. And that's actually kind of what happens in Evangelion Neon Genesis at some point is they fight this diamond shaped creature, I think, and it transforms. It's been a, it's been like a two years since I've seen it, but it transforms into this like, What's that this, clicking in the background? Well, that's my wife. I'm sorry about that. She's yeah. she's making dinner 20 feet away from me. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you mind can't, going to can't another complain room? about someone making dinner. Yeah, yeah. Possibly go to another room. That way we don't get that clicking because yeah. that is consistently there. And so, uh, so you're saying about Evangelion? I can never say it right. A Evangelion Neon Genesis, but okay. uh, uh, it, 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 it's the the creature design is straight up. Like, like right out of that. And I've noticed this trend this year in particular to where um, uh, 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 
big creators are kind of taking big inspiration from anime and kind of sneaking it into their movies. And it's not the first time it's happened. I mean, the Wachowskis did it back in the 90s with The Matrix. I mean, there are other movies I'm sure that I'm not thinking of right now that have done it recently. But like, I mean, with The Northmen, I mean, everyone was saying that was basically just Vinland Saga. And this, I mean, this is kind of a sneaky Evangelion movie. You were saying that the the space creatures in that look just like the thing at the end. And they're called, what are they called in Evangelion? They're called angels. angels. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It looks just like an angel. Yeah. I thought that was a cool thing. And then he is a huge anime fan, like you said. Like he has, he he was actually actually offered the live action Akira and he turned it down because he thought he couldn't do it at the time. Probably because he had a better idea. (laughs) Possibly. I mean, it does, you don't, I mean, I I have harped against this constantly. You don't have to constantly like rehash and remake everything. Leave it alone and make a new property that's like, that's what Like like Duck said, no, I'm so sorry. Like Duck said, like like make something we've never seen before and this movie is 100 percent spectacle for sure it's something we've never seen before it's definitely something you've never seen and i think that that's worth your time alone and your 15 dollars at the cinema uh is to see on screen a monster you've never seen before uh to see a third act that is reminiscent of jaws if you ask me is very reminiscent in a lot of ways because they're trying to search it down but also to have this huge allegory for filmmaking itself i absolutely love that um Beginning with the Gordy's house or Gordy's home or whatever it is, I didn't really understand the connection until Alex kind of explained it to me. Um, what did you guys think of that whole scenario? With Was there something supernatural going on there or was that you don't think you think the monkey just flipped out, David? So so what what this uh, of course, after any Jordan Peele movie, you have to take a dissertation on it in a in a six week course breaking it down but there is so much of this movie is about the camera eye and so the monster has an eye the uh, balloon at the end is winking the the tmz a guy in the motorcycle has one eye Mm -hmm. um the way the monster sees you is you look at it and so the whole thing about gordy is about media and how it consumes you how it eats you and spits you out and that's what it did to the uh, Asian character from Walking Dead. He was a child actor. Um, he witnesses horrific event. And also remember the monkey, what happened was the monkey got scared, right? The monkey got scared and, and attacked. So I believe that's what happened to this creature. It got, it got scared somehow and attacked and then kept on attacking. And if you looked at the monkey, that's when the monkey would kill you. Um, the shoe thing, I don't think the shoe thing is, is anything to do with supernatural i think there's uh if you flip a coin a thousand times one of the times it's going to stand on its edge and so the shoe was a representation of him trying to focus on anything but the carnage that he was witnessing and then he took that shoe and put it in his little museum um that he and he to me he was probably the most tragic character in this thing was a child actor who was hanging on to that and then trying to use this creature to bring back his fame and fortune and then just just totally getting him and his fans all eaten in one fell swoop um Mm -hmm. but okay so that's my that's my take on it it's it's an allegory about uh media consuming and spitting people out i think 100 percent that's what it is but i do think something supernatural was happening because one the monkey goes off whenever he hears a pop of the balloon okay 
And that's all that the balloon popping is obviously uh, foreshadowing what happens at the end of the movie, too. But I think maybe the UFO had attacked in that area because weather patterns can create make animals act differently. And My maybe that's thing. Yeah. And so what I was thinking, that's what was going on. And then the supernatural element of having it, the shoe stand upright was maybe representing some way that the funnel cloud was able to like kind of come down and that's all i could think because you never see what happens you don't see anything for that you just hear the pop and then it goes into it you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then the when the final balloon pops and it falls to the ground the monkey comes out of his hypnosis and he actually says to the care the kid he says what happened to family that's what he signs oh, so he doesn't even know that it happened I did, that is awesome duck i didn't realize that yes yeah, holy shit that's so fucking he, crazy i think i just was, got chills i just got chills yeah duck. me too i think i was i think the monkey was hypnotized by something uh like i said whether it be weather patterns whether it be the ufo above them um and i i was trying to find out if anything happened in 1998 that would kind of coincide with that but ufo sightings are always happening so it wouldn't matter what do you think alex do you think it was supernatural or do you think it was just a monkey flipping out so uh my wife if we we're talking about like allegory and like different ways to interpret that story in particular my wife actually looked like deep into it and explained to me uh the the way she interpreted it though was she explained to me that she felt like stephen young's character was represented by Gordy in that sense. And that he, as a person of color, uh, was being made to dance by the you know white cast, the white producers, the white directors, entertaining a predominantly white base. And he, not only was he not comfortable, but he was bound to snap one day, as, as the monkey did. And I mean, in a way, you can look at it as Stephen Young's character being the dancing monkey who doesn't want to dance anymore. And as for the shoe, uh, my wife kind of, uh, she, I, I keep saying my wife because she, my wife. she went on like this, she read uh, like, 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 like about like every UFO incident that this could have possibly referenced. She like went on this, like, like, like she, I've never seen her think this deep about it. was like the, Charlie <laughs> Day with all that stuff in the yard. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. We should have had her on this podcast. Yeah. But she um uh she's also Asian and you know and she she kind of I guess felt co a connection to Stephen Young's character in this movie. But um she she uh, represented in her mind the shoe balancing as just waiting for the shoe to literally drop for this oh, character. I mean so you can smart. I mean you can tell there was like this tense moment there when he sees Gordy, he thinks he's next. You know, yeah. so there's that tension mixed with the shoe just, you know, balancing in a way that no, nothing else could balance like that. You know, and amidst all this chaos too, just waiting for the shoe to drop. Well, I will rebuttal one thing. I know for a fact, because uh, I watched an interview with Jordan Peele today, none of the characters, uh, there could be racial undertext to this, but he didn't write it in the way that race would be part of it. So whenever right. we were talking about that, like as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, these characters could be any race to the point. Stephen Yoon's character uh, of uh, Jupe was actually supposed to be played by Jesse Plemons. Uh, oh. You know, that is. Uh, and so that yeah. he, he had to drop out of the production to go do another movie. So they that's Matt Damon. Came. Yeah. Matt. 
<laughs> right. I, 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 like I said, I think my my wife felt a, like a connection to Stephen Gunn's. I would love to hear her perspective if she wants to. Come yeah. Right now she's more than. Yeah, dude. Oh, she's she's, she's, she's in there dinner. angrily chopping carrots and potatoes. <laughs> um, the movie is obviously about spectacle, and my biggest issue with it, and this is what I think makes it good, not great. I think the music isn't great. And he's stuck with the composer he's had since Get Out. And I think he should have picked somebody. If you're going for something big and bombastic, you have to find a main theme. And this movie doesn't have a main theme. But what it has in Aces is sound uh, design. The sound design's amazing. But, Duck, you are so right because there's nothing memorable about that score. No, there isn't. Nothing. And I think that's what makes this movie fall just short of greatness. Yeah. I think it, if it would have had a main theme, a motif, something that went in that wasn't so atmospheric, but it actually had a Spielbergian, John yeah. Williams well, kind well, of score. And, and I, I call bullshit on Jordan Peele saying this is not uh, inspired by Jaws. That whole fucking thing at the end, you have three characters basically coming together, hunting down this creature. And then at the end, when she took a picture of it, when the thing blew up, she might as well have said, smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, it was that was so Jaws. My, my, my biggest issue with this movie was the last act felt a too drawn out and b the main uh, African-American male character. I forget his name. OJ. He kind of disappears. You have this whole thing of him being chased and it's really intense and then you never see him again. It's almost like he's the uh, Richard Dreyfus character in Jaws. Well, there's there's debate whether away. he's alive or he's dead, too. A lot of people yeah. think when you see through the sand uh, right. and you see his ghostly figure, it is a ghost. And other That's people right. think he survived. I personally think he survived, but everyone has a different perspective on it. But he does kind of disappear. But I think there's a reason behind that. I think that they represent different parts of of uh, filmmaking. I think his character represents in a lot of ways the director. Uh, and then I think his sister is the producer. I think Angel is the crew. And I mm. think the cinematographer is the cinematographer. Yeah. He would, by the way, that's my favorite character. Oh, yeah. He was awesome. He was I great. hate that he was just introduced kind of to just be killed off. I mean, he was such a small part in the beginning, like almost forgettable. And then they contact him later in the movie for his help and he turns them down. And then he helps them in the climax and just gets eaten. Did you I, did you guys notice what he was watching and editing the entire time? Predators and prey. But, yeah. But, but yeah. Specifically, but specifically, yes, I was gonna say eyes, but the prey being killed by prey, you wouldn't ex predators mm -hmm. being killed by prey, you wouldn't expect yep. to win. Yeah. And so I think that whenever he is filming at the end, he's just finding his ultimate version of that. Like he wants to be consumed by this creature because that's what he's been watching over and over again but mm -hmm. i also think that his film equipment helps destroy the creature a little bit um which right. i i absolutely love the creature in this uh, i think that whenever the crew gets well i think the creature represents many things first of all it represents the business uh, filmmaking business in general uh, i think it represents a film you know uh, something that is bigger than you can absolutely control and it consumes you you know what i mean <laughs> and i also think in some ways it represents the audience too because the audience you never know how they're going to consume something and spit it back out just as we're doing mm -hmm. right now we're interpreting it our own way so mm -hmm. i think that the, the creature has many different personas in this and that's what i like about this movie but i absolutely love that you get to see the inside of the creature the mm -hmm. jellyfish like insides when the entire uh 40 people were consumed by it and then you get to see what it looks like inside it. i thought that was so cool and my favorite part and favorite scene of this movie 
was when you hear the screaming and the yelling of them, the the monster flying around, and all of a sudden you hear a crunch noise and it's just gone. I thought yeah. that was absolutely terrifying. That gave me chills in the theater. Yeah. You knew it was a large amount of people that it just destroyed. And the blood on the house, the raining blood, oh, I think so is good. the iconic thing that you take away. When you see the Mondo poster made of this, you see the bloody house with the UFO over top of it. Yeah. But, uh, cool. sorry, I just wanna... I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that part where the, the, the 40 or so people get sucked up into the, the uh, ship and uh, when they're being consumed and it shows the inside of the ship, very reminiscent of fire in the sky oh yeah totally yeah love fire so and it was in fire in the sky that is the one horror part of the movie the rest of the movie is kind of a mystery of like finding the sky but the one horror part of the movie i thought was great like being reflected in this movie in particular and i think that entire scene from when they get abducted to when they're consumed like when they're like crunched that makes this movie a horror movie because I heard somebody say that this wasn't a horror movie, and I have to completely oh, disagree. It's a, it's I mean, a, it, what it is to me, it's a combination of close encounters of the third kind, Jaws, and Signs. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a horror thriller, and he did that on purpose. He went into this movie knowing he wanted to make something that was more for the mass audience, and he, like we said over and over again, he wanted to make a spectacle, he wanted to make something you had to go to theaters to see. And that's why it's such a shame. I wish I felt like this movie was great and it's just good, but it's got concepts and stuff that you've never seen before, which I love any film that brings something new to the table. As much as the sadness bothered me, I never I never saw a character fuck a girl's eye hole. That sticks with me. That bothers me. This movie, I've never seen the UFO be a creature that consumes people and chases them. And you can't look at like because it's a beast. It's just like the horse or it's just like any mm -hmm. predator. You don't want to look it in the eyes or else you're challenging it. You know, me, and my dog have a stare off. I let him know I'm the boss. This, <laughs> this creature is the same way. You know what I mean? Like, is are you going to be submissive to it? And if you are and it's just such an intriguing thing. And it's so over the top, like. That third act is very confusing sometimes, but it also makes sense. But the fact that they decide to use the balloon to destroy this giant creature. And I love how the creature is made of almost silk. Like it is like a cloud. And you see whenever it gets hurt, it goes back into its cloud form. And so it can retract the cloud and become the, the saucer and hide behind other clouds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or it can just look like a cloud. That's what I took away from it. Anyhow. Mm -hmm. the also, the, the, the ending is such a Jaws thing too, because... Uh, Roy Schreider's character puts the um, gas tank inside the shark to kill it. Oh, and she puts right. the balloon inside mm -hmm. the creature to kill it. Mm -hmm. It's so I, I call bullshit on him saying it's not Jaws. When did he say that? He's, he's crazy. Well, I thought you're the one that told me that he said that no, he, he didn't say that. By Jaws. No, no, he oh. didn't say it was inspired by Jaws. He didn't put it out in his list. He put Close Encounters, Jurassic well, Park. That, that's what I mean. Wizard that's why I mean it's bullshit that he doesn't say he's inspired by Jaws. That's oh, what yeah. I'm saying. It should be first on the list, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It takes away from it so much. Um, so that third act, at least. And that is the first blockbuster, from my understanding, right? That, Jaws mm -hmm. was the first time yep. people first, went yep. back and back and back and back. And it was the fear. And it's the less you see, uh, the better. You know, the less you see is more in Jaws. Yeah. Whereas this is the same way. The first two acts, the less you see is the better. You don't know what's going on. You just know that at first you think it's a UFO. Then you realize it's hopping from cloud to cloud to chasing it. Then you realize it's a predator whenever he says that. It's an apex predator, you know? And then whenever you actually get to see them trying to fight the predator, it, it just brings so many different things together. And I love whenever Angel wraps himself in 
the uh, barbed wire, barbed wire? Yeah. it out. You know, Dude, what, what a funny character he was, man. That's the thing about this is it, it has very few characters, but all the characters crush it. Even oh, yeah. even the fucking monkey, the monkey crushes it. You know, uh, that the, whole side story, I, I absolutely love. And I think it's really important. It adds a layer of depth to this film that I think would have made the film almost more shallow if it wasn't in there. Um, and that the monkey did a great job. Oh, and all the creatures. You too. know, that was CGI, right? Yeah. Well, it's motion capture. It's yeah. CGI. The guy who played the monkey played Kong and Kong Scott, Skull yep. Island. And he played. Well, that's cool. Movies. So, that's yeah, great. it's it's well, as we as we call it, the biz mocap. My bad, um, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> sorry. Um, but did you notice that the the in the in the end, especially the middle section, was like a camera shutter? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Was that was. I shutter. didn't. I I didn't take that. I, I when you said that earlier, that really shocked me because I kept trying to figure out what it was, and I couldn't understand why it was perfectly square. But then I was like, well, creatures in the wild have weird anatomy so but i never even put that together that that's what it was so i'm so happy mm. to hear you say that because you know that's the thing don't look the camera in the eye you're never yep. supposed to make break the fourth wall you're, you're never supposed uh-huh. to hide you know what i mean and so you look it in the eye and then it it, it attacks well, it's, it, it's that whole thing too duck that where ancient people were afraid of cameras because they thought it would steal their souls yeah well this one might into yeah <laughs> and what what a cool reveal that it was a predator I think that was genius, Yeah, you know, that it was actually a living creature. And also, guys, did you shit your pants when he's in the barn and he sees the kids dressed up in the costumes? No, because that was my one issue I had with the movie was that came out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, that's creepy. But I was like, it's explainable. And whenever it explains away his kids, I was like, this is so out of place. But then they explained that it's Jupe's kids. I was like, oh, that's cool. You actually bought it back for me. Like, it's not just some random. Because I didn't Mm -hmm. gather that that's who it was. The other thing is with the horses, Jupe was buying the horses to feed to the UFO. Yeah. I didn't know that was, I missed that. I I found that out later when I was reading about it. Well, it's it's when, when, when the horse is in the cage and it won't come out. And then also you go back. OJ's Uh-oh. talking to Jupe and he's like, hey, just so you know, um, I, I want to buy the horses back. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, not going to happen. They've been eaten by a cloud creature. Yeah. yeah. But it makes you wonder how long he knew about it, because he must have known about it much longer than OJ and uh, Esmeralda did. Emerald did. Sorry, not Esmeralda. Uh, yeah, but the acting too. Daniel Kaluuya. Is that how you say his name? Kaluuya? Kaluuya? I, 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 um... I, I watch a podcast where they every movie he's in, they really like him and they try to say, oh, yeah. say his name right. Oh yeah, he's gonna kill. He's gonna win an Oscar. There's no denying. Oh, because this yeah. character is so radically different than any other character he's ever played. It's so uh, mm-hmm. subtle. It's just he's just a he's just a worker. He doesn't mm-hmm. want any part of the business other than he knows he has to continue on the business. Keith David fucking. Crushing oh, it for the Keith two David seconds he's on screen. As always, he's killing it. Kiki Palmer, though, I think either you love her or you hate her in this. I absolutely thought she was great. Uh, as I think Emerald. you're kind of supposed to hate her, though. I think that I was think, the, the, the character choice was you were I, kind of be, supposed to be annoyed by her. Annoyed by her, yeah. But yeah. I wasn't. I was like, no, she's fun. She's and and she subtle references to the fact that she was gay. Never out and out said it, but mm-hmm. like I thought that was really yep. cool to have representation there. Yeah, she's uh, fucking yeah. her therapist. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was such a funny line. She goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing, too, Duck. This is a really funny movie at times. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a genuine, and it's not funny, like jokey. It's genuinely funny, which again, it brings it to that whole Spielberg thing. Spielberg was always really good. If you ever watch Jaws, notice how funny that movie is. There's a lot of, and it's naturally funny. 
It's yeah. not jokes. It's naturally, and this movie is naturally funny. Speaking of funny, Stephen Yoon, who plays Jupe, uh, he's a comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. That's how he I got didn't started. know. Is that. he? Yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. That's how he got started, and then he got uh, he got cast in The Walking Dead, and ever since then he's been doing pretty all right. Did you ever um, see that movie he was in uh, with Mia? What's her face? The blonde girl that looks like the girl from uh, uh, fucking the Marvel movie where he's in an office building and a virus gets released. No. And it's oh, dude. And so I was I was just about to say Sabrina and I, after we got done with this movie, we loved his performance so much. We went home and watched the Joe Bob Briggs version of Mayhem. Mayhem. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. It's a great it's movie. So good. I love I love Mayhem. It's probably my second time watching it, but it's such a good movie, man. I mean, it's not perfect or anything, but it is such a fun watch. It moves really well. It moves yeah. very fast in the performances. And it's a biting satire to, like, corporate America. Yeah, yeah. Office life, too. Yep. Uh, did you guys enjoy the well picture, seeing as everything went wrong and the cinematographer wanted to get his awesome shot and got sucked up in, which I wonder if that footage was completely lost or what it was. But the fact that she still wanted to get a picture... So she got the picture in the well. I thought that that I was it. very Beautiful. contrived. Mm-hmm. I figured that people were going to love or hate it. But if you're in for the ride, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm down with this. But that mm-hmm. was such a stretch uh, for something that happened that I was like, man, if I didn't like it, this movie. Yeah, it was. it's one of those things, Duck, where obviously it was done for visual. Because mm-hmm. remember, it's in the well. It's a circular thing. It's and it's celebrating the camera. history of cinema. It's using exactly. something that's archaic and, yeah, and, exactly. and a technology that's very old. As you can tell, that's a, a renovated well that's always been there taking pictures. And so I love that, that she got the picture. And it's like a good said, callback, too, because she interrupts the kids doing it in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh these his scripts are so tight. Like, it's exciting. I, I'm excited to see what he comes up with next. I don't know. Somebody called him the master of horror recently, and he's like, no, I don't take uh, – he goes, how do you word it? He goes, I don't take people talking bad on John Carpenter or something like that. Yeah. Like, so he was basically saying, like, you need to know your horror history, yeah. which I think yeah. he does. And I think this is what his, was him. He was worried about the state of cinema during the pandemic because they just started filming this in summer last yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. It's and so he was movie. he started writing it and he's just like, man, he goes, I hope cinema survives. And also the state of cinema right now, because TV has overtaken cinema as the primary focus of most people. I mean, I'm wearing a Stranger Things shirt right now. You know what I mean? And Stranger Things is his own event in and of itself. But he wanted to create the event movie. Whether or not people go out to see it will be here for to be seen, I guess. But um, pretty good weekend. Pretty good opening weekend. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was like close to 50. Uh and I think by word of mouth, like, but the problem is it's good. It's not great. And I wanted no. it to be great. But will it stand up as a film that you remember for years and years? Yeah, yeah. I no, disagree. No. I disagree. Good. I feel like this movie is amazing. Not a 10 out of 10. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm very, I mean, like at best, I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10, which for me is like a good, really good rating. I don't throw 10 out of 10 around very lightly. But like, I feel like in like 15, 20 years, this movie is like like a younger generation is going to pick this up and people are going to remember it very fondly. And I feel like whenever a great movie like this does come out, the reception is usually like, eh, to I didn't really like it, you know. So like, I, I feel like people are really going to rewatch this and pick it up in the coming years. And I feel like it's going to be remembered as something that really showed something that has never been seen on camera before. Not in this way, at least. I mean, like. I've never seen an alien movie like this. And I feel like, like, 
because of that, people are going to remember this movie very fondly. I can't decide if I like it better than Get Out or not. I well, love Get Out. Get Out, I think, is is masterpiece. I think it's yeah. perfection. But um, yeah. I, I think that the monster is something you've never seen before. And it's such a simple concept to take the monster of what could be terrifying inside it and just make the insides terrifying. Mm-hmm. Good, mm-hmm. uh, David. Sorry. I, I think I think the problem with this movie is going to be exactly that, the monster, because it's so simple that I think movie audiences today and then in the future might hold it against it um, because it is so simple. It is I'm, well, what I mean by simple is the spaceship. Yeah. You know, it's very basic. Now, the creature at the end is beautiful. It's gorgeous. But the spaceship itself is really basic. And I could see jaded audiences wanting more wanting more cgi wanting more of an effect and uh it's a shame because it's not the focus is isn't what the creature should be um but yeah i could see that i could see people holding against it but for me i had no issue with it well i think it's a love it or hate it scenario i said that to Mm -hmm. many people like i said the twist when it happens you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it I don't think there's going to be much middle ground in between. I personally loved it. I was just like, yeah. And I love the fact that it's chameleon. Like it, it somehow, I don't know whether it has psychic powers or it knows like we have a fear. What's up, Raph? Raph just jumped in. We have a, a fear of aliens and this creature decided to take that form. You know what I mean? We've seen its real form, but then you see its saucer-like form and has it been, you know, has this been the first time? Is it of this earth? Is Nope a lot of people were saying was not of planet earth but this creature could be of planet earth it could be something we've never noticed before you know what i mean and i so, love the, the cloud thing hiding in the cloud was so cool how they yeah. finally discovered it that was I, neat i love the cinematographer whenever he just says he goes you're right that cloud hasn't moved for the last hour i thought that Dude, was his voice was so good yeah his voice so raspy rap said but you like the black phone and that was shit hey <laughs> I, I like what i like good sir i like what i like uh you guys have anything else you want to bring up um, uh, I, I'm very happy that it was. I enjoyed it so much more than Us. I hated Us. I didn't see Us uh, yet. So no yeah, spoilers. I did not like Us. So I'm glad that I kind of came around to to Jordan Peele again. So uh, I, I really did not enjoyed it. I did not hate Us, but I totally get that other people do. It wasn't a perfect movie, but I was entertained by it, and I'll defend that movie till I die. But um, I, I just wanted to throw in. I wasn't the biggest fan of Kiki Palmer's acting. I've been told that it was like purposeful quirky or purposely quirky and stuff like that and that it was part of the character and it was supposed to represent something i totally get that i i mean like this movie is one of those things where it got better as i kept talking to people about it like in my head like, like i just made it better and better in my own mind as i kept talking about it and that's this is one of the things i wanted to mention is kiki palmer's acting wasn't like well the best I think to me. the dichotomy of the father david keith had right both sides of it you know what i mean he had right. he had the entertainer and he had the work ethic and that's the problem the children are dealing with because oj's got the work ethic and yep. emerald's got the entertainment aspect and what the movie is about is them coming together to be able to conquer this thing in the end like i said i think they represent a director and a producer or a director and a writer or a director and whoever else mm-hmm. uh but i think it's director and producer and they have to come together and bring this creature down to earth and they have to destroy you know really the <laughs> film they have to create the film and be able to conquer it you know mm-hmm. and i think that that's why those characters are kind of like that sometimes you get greatness in one and sometimes you gotta spread out the greatness and learn to work as a team and i think that's what makes the difference so uh anyhow anything else about the movie guys before we go to some clips nope nope all right cool i got some clips here 
Hey everyone, it's just Duck jumping in here real quick to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you're enjoying it, head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And just so you know, the next section of the podcast will be clips from the movie, so you can find replays of the live video stream at twitch.tv backslash We Are Podcast Network and youtube.com backslash We Are Podcast Network. Once again, all links can be found in the description. Come check out our live stream every Monday at 8 p.m. And for a full list of future films, check out our social media. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash we are podcast. And with that, back to the horror cast. Boom, I was able to find a couple, not many. Uh, the first one will be a simple clip of uh, from the movie. Oh, no, that's the trailer. I forgot to show it. All right. Run, OJ, run. That was funny. Oh! What's that? that was funny. Run, OJ, run. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> also, I loved how many times in the movie they used nope appropriately. Yep. Even even Gordon Pill goes, whack people, they, he goes, they say nope. He goes, and it's very specific when they use it. And he goes, that's why I wanted to name it that. He goes, that was why he's just like, when you see something that's so outrageous, you just got to be like, nope, nope, not down with it. And I love this. You can see the ships cloud to cloud. Dude, again, the sound design. Holy shit. All right, Gordy's home opening. So he released this on Twitter, and it's just a cute little thing where it shows the opening of the TV show. So, What's that, Alex? This creeped me out so much. Oh, creeped you out? Yeah. Gordy's home. <laughs> Dude, this is every single family sitcom in the late 80s, early 90s. Absolutely. It's got you the song. The acting in sitcoms is so specific to sitcoms, too. I yes. love it. Where you have to turn the camera and kind of do a wink without doing it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And they had they all had uh, uh what do you call it? Theme songs mm-hmm. that told that told you what the show was about. Oh, I forgot to mention. I love the fact that in the trailer they show the, that girl's uh, uh, face ripped off. Face ripped off, and you didn't know what it was, but it ends up being that she survived the monkey attack. I thought that was pretty cool. Cool, which was also that was in, that was based on a real event that happened. That lady went on Oprah, and she wore a veil just like that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. With Ricky Juke Park as Mikey. Is kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I guess I was referring more to the whole Gordy's home storyline. Creeped me out a lot. Oh, he's under the table. Yeah, he was under the table playing a Game Boy. Yeah. All right, that's enough of that. Oh, that's a creepy monkey. That looks scary. Yeah, that's super monkey creepy. Your fucking face. All right, here's about 30 seconds of the uh, trailer, but it had a lot of good uh, stuff. Uh, the alien, or at least the spaceship aspect, was ruined when we went to go see Joe Bob Briggs because at the uh, Texas Theater, they had a preview with the spaceship, and I was like, ah, shit, that sucks. But they I'm not going to lie. I was, I was so tore up at that thing. I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah, it was before you showed up. They showed it. Oh, okay. No. I ain't never seen yeah. nothing like this. Nice song used. Nope. I wasn't nope. making sense. 
By the way, how about this product placement for fries and icy? Oh, I know, dude. That Holy was so shit. weird. Fries was out of business. business. Well, I, you almost thought I almost felt like fries went out of business before the movie was filmed. I maybe that's what that I was thought. another commentary on like big like things coming down or, or being taken down. You know what I mean? But the icy machine, they kept filming that over and over again. I was like, did they get money from icy? Like, what's going on with this? Holy hell! Nope. There's your nope. aliens, Jesse. Nope. Hell no. Nope. <laughs> Hell uh, nah. And the final is the alien. I actually got footage of the alien. So I thought this was pretty cool. So I'll check this out. Nope. Nope. Dude, it's no with the in the black phone. Damn, I don't even recognize That is amazing. I, have you seen the poster with the horse? That's my no, favorite. No. Is it pretty good? Uh, yeah, it's I love this poster. Taken because... up in the year. Yeah, I love this poster because it like it was so confusing when it came out. I'm like, what the heck is this? And now, yeah, I had no clue. Yeah, it's great. Um, all right, so uh, recommendations, of course. Number one, you got to recommend Jaws. Uh, this movie in that third act just steals heavily from. Jaws, oh yeah, so. it's the whole thing feels like a Spielberg movie minus a good soundtrack. Yeah, uh, but it still a, has the spectacle point. of an early Spielberg. So I recommend that. Second recommendation will be. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I've never seen, but I know what inspiration. What the uh, fuck? Yeah. I should have recommended Brilliant. that one, Duck. I was going to do it. All right, my bad. Well, the third one I'm going to recommend because we had a short show will be Jurassic Park, of course, because this movie should be as big as Jurassic Park was. And I hope that it is. But I don't know if you can account for how huge Jurassic Park was back then. No, before. you can't. It was. It does. It doesn't have the effects that Jurassic Park yeah, has. It doesn't have anything. Well, no, it does have something you've never seen before, though, and that's what mm -hmm. Jurassic Park had. And so I hope that I gotta let my dogs out. Go see it. No problem. No problem. Okay. All right. Shit. Come on, Alex. What do you recommend? Uh, recommendations today. I, I was gonna do Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but uh, I also wanted to recommend Fire in the Sky. Just go mm -hmm. ahead and give it a watch. It's a Good mystery about a missing man claims to be abducted by aliens. There's a court drama at the end. I mean, there's a whole part where he describes what it's being like in the alien and they actually show it. And he's just being like probed and prodded. And I mean, he goes through like this like velvety intestinal area that like it's so crazy. What fire in the sky? Yeah, fire yeah. in the sky. Oh, yeah. That 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 last the scene where he goes up into the that is some nightmare fuel and done so well. Like so it's yeah. really, really done well. Yeah, and gets sexually assaulted by aliens. And, and the aliens are great. The aliens are really the design of them. Yeah. Is really cool. Yeah, and the powerhouse yeah. performance by the evil Terminator. He's really good in that movie. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's oh, yeah. especially the church scene where he's like, what the fuck, y'all? What the fuck? What yeah. do you recommend, David? Uh, I'm going to recommend Signs. Like um, this had some okay. had some sign vibe to it. And I, I really enjoy, especially the scene in Signs when they're in the house. And you all, and it goes like black, and you just hear noises all around the house. Yeah, you know, kind of being uh, the aliens are probing them and trying to figure out where they are. I love, I love the sign. So I'm gonna. And we hope that, that Jordan Peele's. Uh, this isn't just like uh, M Night Shyamalan where he he peaked at signs and it's downhill. I hope that this is just part of his escalation going up the hill of like yeah. Goodness. So it is yeah. weird, man. You look at M Night Shyamalan and it's crazy how good he started and just how bad he went. Yeah, he got lazy and comfortable, brother. Yeah, you're yeah. so right, dude. You're so right. Yeah. 
yeah, all that money. All right. Well, with that said, thank you so much for checking us out today. If you watched or if you listened, Alex, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, I'm writing. Uh, I said last week that you could find me at Axe and Bastard Reviews on Instagram. I said I was working on a, a review. I'm. I mean, if this interests anybody, I'm doing a. Uh, I guess a back-to-back retrospective of the original Solaris by Andre Tarkovsky Ooh, versus nice. the uh, remake Solaris that should have never happened and is an abortion of a film starring George yeah. Clooney. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. But how about you, David? Where can they find you on the internet? You could find me at Stop Motion Nightmares and on Facebook. And then if you want to see my stuff in person, go to Curiosities and by White Rock Lake. And if you want to see my comedy, Next Thursday the 4th, I'll be with our good buddy Miles at the Dallas Comedy Club in Deep Ellum, 8 o'clock show. Yeah, fuck yeah. And you can find us at wearepodcast.podbean.com where you can find all the podcasts. You can check us out on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at backslash wearepodcast. And you can find us every Monday for Camp Slash Horrorcast where we talk horror movies from the past live at 8 p.m. Central. Next Monday, it will actually be uh, popcorn at midnight um, at 12.01 on Tuesday is when we'll be doing it. I watched popcorn today. I liked it. So hopefully everyone else likes it and uh, we'll have a good time talking about it. So with that said, I think I'll throw it on after this. Yeah, dude, uh, it's pretty good. So with that said, thank you so much for watching or listening. Keep horror in your heart and we'll be back hopefully on Monday slash Tuesday. Okay. Good job guys. And there it is. Thank you again so much for checking out the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And since this is Camp Slash Horrorcast, if you want to check us out live, we will be on Twitch and YouTube every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time. You can find us at twitch.tv backslash We Are Podcast Network and youtube.com backslash We Are Podcast Network. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other podcasts here on the We Are Podcast Network. We have We Are Air, where we talk movies, entertainment, whatever the fuck we want to talk about. That's me, that's Jake, and that's Javi. We're breaking down that pop culture, and we're having so much fun. And don't forget to check out We Are Bagoo, a video game podcast, where we talk Atari to Steam and everything in between. That's me and Dr. Ethan Eastwood breaking down all that video game lore. Heroes, Jeros, a Dungeons and Distractions side quest. Me and the boys were playing some D&D. You can start that one from Season 1, Episode 1. It's a blast the whole way through. And I hate being sober. Personal stories from epic people. I sit down with some of my favorite people of all time. We talk about their trials, their tribulations, and their journey this far. Also, check the links in the description for our social media. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash we are podcast network. With that said, hopefully we see you in the live stream.